Hi, this is Kevin McCullough. Thanks for listening to the Christian Outlook podcast, where we cover today's issues from a perspective that honors your Christian faith. Our podcast is brought to you through a partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I trust you'll enjoy. Forgiveness. Mm, Easier said than none. We all know that we're supposed to do it, but it is a bit of an art form, isn't it? Well, it's a command. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you, that's can, a you can make, stronger than you an can art make form. it into an art form, yeah, but yeah. at its heart, it is a command. It really yeah. is a command. Right. Dorothy Littell Greco is back with us. Dorothy is a writer, a speaker, a marriage coach. She is the author of Making Marriage Beautiful and Marriage in the Middle, here today to talk to us about forgiveness. Hey, Dorothy, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's good to be back with you. Talk to us about um, how forgiveness, I don't know, how it happens. Because depending on how deep the rift is between people, it can seem like a bridge. It's just not, yeah, you just can't even build it. Yeah. I mean, maybe the best way for me is to start with a little story. So the first time my now husband and I were engaged, he broke up with me very abruptly and very uh-huh. harshly and wouldn't talk to me for almost two years. What? Um, yeah. Yeah. True story. And in the middle, like, I don't know, about a year through, I felt very stuck spiritually, relationally. Um, and when I was praying about it, I really felt the sense from the Lord of set some time aside and fast and pray. And I'm not one of those people who loves to fast. So, you know, big deal for me. I fasted for five days. And in the middle of that time, I really felt a sense from the Holy Spirit. You know, it wasn't an audible voice, but saying, I want to ask you to forgive for Christopher. I don't, I'm not promising that you're going to get anything back as a result of this. There's no quid pro quo here, but I want you to forgive him and forgive him fully. So I started the the process of really. Okay, now wait a minute. Hold on, Dorothy. For people listening, they're thinking, what do you mean? God told you to do that. Like, what, what, what was that like? Yeah, well, it was a sense from outside of myself that was clearly asking me to do something that was of God. It wasn't mm-hmm. outside of Scripture. You know, it was supported by Scripture, but not necessarily something that I wanted to do. Um, I felt like he owed me an apology more than anything else. And that is something that, you know, I think makes it very difficult for us to forgive. So I didn't have an apology. I didn't have any recognition of what he had done um, that was wrong. But nevertheless, I I worked it through. You know, I really did the hard work. I went to counseling. I prayed with my friends. And then a year later, he reached out to me to say, um, I also feel stuck and I don't really know what happened. Could we talk? Now, had I not done that work, I would have said, no way. There's no way I'm going to have a conversation with you. And, you know, here we are. I've been married 32 years. We have three sons. It's really crazy for me to think that, that none of that might have happened had I balked at that invitation to forgive. Fabulous. Now, wait a minute. Were, did you tell him that you were going, that you forgave him first, or was that just something you did in your own mind and heart? No, I did not talk to him until we had that conversation and it wasn't certainly wasn't the first conversation. It was after, you know, several conversations in where I was able to share with him um, what had transpired with me. Right. Now, Dorothy, of course, <laughs> your marriage, you, you write and speak on marriage. Uh, I'm just kind of curious, you know, later on in your marriage, in your relationship, whenever a fight comes up, do you go, I forgave you a long time ago, yada, yada. I mean, do you bring that up, The you know, the old wound? 
No, I don't. And I think that, and, and this is just my opinion, you, you might have a difference of opinion, but if we weaponize things that we supposedly have forgiven in the past, then we're not really done forgiving. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a clear sign that there's more work for us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if we rehearse the person's mistakes in our head and again and again and again, yep. um, if we can't pray for the Lord to bless them, and if we can't want them to flourish, then to me, those are probably indications that there's um, more forgiveness that needs to be done. Yes. Okay. So then that God infused wise blueprint that you were given that sustained you in a very dark period of your life, didn't it? It did. And I, again, I, I just can't even imagine how different my life would be if I had not chosen to forgive him. And I'm not saying it was easy. It was hard. It was painful. Um, I think it's always so much more difficult for us to forgive. Well, if the other person doesn't acknowledge, you know, mm-hmm. I've wronged you or I've hurt you. Mm-hmm. And so what about, um, the, I guess this question isn't really about forgiveness. Maybe it is. Maybe it's just, you know, wh- how, what it works in our minds and hearts. When after that time, um, when mm-hmm. you fought or you he hurt your feelings, was it hard for you not to fear that there would be a repeat of what happened? How did forgiveness work into that? That's a great question. I don't, I think that fear, I mean, you tapped into something that we could have a conversation about at some different time, but I tend to be a fearful person. I tend to go to the worst case scenario rather quickly. Um, So I had to do spiritual work to learn how to trust him. And he is and has been a trustworthy person. So that really helped. Um, But I didn't necessarily immediately go to that unless we had like a real bad fight in year 10 for us was kind of like a prolonged series of fights. And there were times that I thought like, Oh my gosh, is he going to bail? But he didn't like, again, those were just my fears talking. So I think it's important for us to be able to discern um, what is the Lord asking of us in this situation? And again, I always feel like he's asking us to forgive um, even if we need to set boundaries and then parsing out what are the feelings that still need to be untangled from previous hurts or previous conflicts? Because mm-hmm. sometimes it just becomes like a big tangle of fishing line, you know, when we don't really even know what we're fighting about. Yeah. I mean, that's that's very brave. But I'm sure, Dorothy, people have come to you and said, OK, I, I can I can make that connection and I can forgive, but I don't necessarily want to engage in that relationship anymore. Yeah, and sometimes that's exactly what they should do. You know, if you're in an abusive relationship or a a relationship where somebody continues to take advantage of your willingness to forgive, then the best thing might be to forgive and to set a boundary and to say, you know, I really can't be in a relationship with you anymore. So I don't see that as problematic. What I do see as problematic is in friendships or in a marriage and family situations where we let the hurts, we let the pain just really ramp up to to such an extent that we can no longer see each other as um, co-image bearers. You know, we, we judge them, we expect the worst of them. That, to me, is, is when the problems start. Mm. Well, you know, the, the, this is a really interesting conversation to me, Dorothy. And by the way, we're talking to Dorothy Greco. Um, she's the author of Making Marriage Beautiful. I really appreciate the fact that you forgave without any expectation of getting something out of it. And especially mm. in a dating relationship, that's really hard to do. I mean, that just, that takes a lot of, uh, you have to have a lot, you had to have had a lot of faith in God at that time in your life, I think, to be able to do that because so much of your heart is kind of at risk there. 
Oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, there was there was so much pain and the way he broke up with me and the fact that he wouldn't talk to me. Mm-hmm. The pain was, you know, amplified by a thousand times because of his unwillingness to engage. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, just recognizing like if I don't forgive based on what the scripture says, then I'm not going to be forgiven. If I don't forgive, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be bound by my own sins. And I just think, well, that's a, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> So then talk about this template, right? So the template was established in a conversation that you had with God, and you made this work. I mean, it's really an incredible story. And then in other relationships since that time, you've gone back to that same template? Yes. Yeah. I think that for me, the important thing is that for me to remember, I don't have to feel like forgiving. Um, I think oftentimes we get this sentimental yeah, it's like sentimentality that we're supposed to feel like forgiving. We're supposed to have this like warm sense of love and affection to the person. And sometimes when I say to Christopher after he's apologized, I forgive you, I'm still mad at him. But mm-hmm. the act of releasing forgiveness then allows my heart to follow in a way that I'm not sure that it would if I didn't, you know, vo- vocalize that. So the feelings follow the decision of your mind. I think in the case of what what the Lord is asking of us, yes, I think that that's true. Okay. Think right, act right, feel right. Right, right. It's the order of operation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then then just clarify this then. People are listening right now, and they, they've heard this story, but give us like sort of, you know, an action step or steps that if you feel wronged or if you feel the necessity that you, you must, you need to forgive, you want to forgive. But you can't. Right. What are those steps that follow along that pattern? For me, it would be um, confessing any of the places where I've harbored resentment or bitterness or ill regard toward the person. You know, finding a friend, if if uh, if you're not married, finding a pastor or someone you trust and being able to say, I have harbored bitterness toward this person. I have hated them in my heart. So confession comes first. And I think after we confess, then to be able to simply choose to forgive. And, And I don't think going up to somebody and saying, I just want you to know I've forgiven you is the best thing, unless there's, you know, been ongoing dialogue, right? If you just go up to somebody who doesn't even know that you might be mad at them and and say, I've I've forgiven you, I don't think that that conversation would necessarily go well. So we confess, we forgive, whenever there's possibility of apologizing or exchanging words, um, you know, to say, hey, can we talk about this? This was really hard for me. I always will advocate for that. But again, you know, sometimes when people hurt us really badly and they're not repentant and they continue to hurt us, the best thing is to say, you know, we need to take a break from this relationship. Does that make sense? Sure does. It sure does. Dorothy, I really appreciate not just the topic of conversation, but the, the personal story, the, the kind of, yeah, the personal candor that you used and kind of letting us, I don't know, look at the rest, look at the, the rec- you know, I was going to say the recent past, but it's the long ago past and kind of see how you yeah. figured it out. Yeah. 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 And I could tell you one very other quick story if, sure, if we, yeah, have, go for it. we have a minute. Yeah, so in, in our lives, there was Christopher's grandmother, whose name was Rose, and then a woman that he used to live with, an elderly woman, and her name was Mabel. Mabel uh, lost her hearing when she was 26. She got the mumps, and she lost her, her mm-hmm. hearing. And because of that, she was um, never able to bear children. Her husband died when she was fairly young, and she was then the landlady for Christopher. And he could always hear her singing Whenever he would come to visit her, she was just so warm, so wonderful. Now, she had a lot of reason 
to be angry and to be bitter, you know, because she had a lot of hardship in her life. But she did the work of forgiving, and she was just one of the most remarkable people you could meet. Now, Christopher's grandmother, on the other hand, never forgave anybody. She would talk about an incident that happened 30 years ago as if it happened the day before. You know, her face would get red, her neck veins would pop out, and she would almost be spitting as she was talking. And you know, Christopher and I reflected on that after they both passed away and thought, you know, when I look at those two women, I definitely want to be like Mabel. Mm. I don't want to be like Rose. Mm-hmm. And we, as we saw it, the, the main difference between the two of them was the fact that Mabel forgave and Rose did not. Fabulous. That's a good wow. bumper sticker. Be like Mabel. Be like Mabel. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Hey, Dorothy, loved having you. If people want to find you online, uh, where can they look for you? DorothyGreco.com, that's Greco with one C, is my website, and they can find me um, through various uh, avenues that way. Sounds great. Thanks, Dorothy. Thanks for listening to Christian Outlook. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy our podcast, take a moment and tell a friend to subscribe today.